to the No Chance Radio Show, podcast about the world of streetwear, fashion, and everything and anything else. Welcome to the show. Welcome all listeners, new and old, to the No Chance Radio Show, aka or formerly known as the No Chance Podcast, the NPR of streetwear. My name is Ryan. I'm your co-host and back as alongside of me is... Your other co-host, Mel. <laughs> What's up, guys? It's been a very long time since we've done this. We apologize for the wait. This is episode 99.5. Yes. Sounds like an exact radio station that I listen to in the fucking city. Um, we wanted to do a 99.5 episode because we want 100, our 100th episode to be very, very special. And we have a very special surprise, a very lovely recap we're going to be talking to all of our artists and all the people that have had you know major integral parts of of our success in i'm not even going to use the word industry but within this realm of streetwear and music and culture and everything that we've been doing in the past past two years and a hundred has been a very big reflection point for myself. Inflection yeah. point, is that what it's called? Inflection point, reflection, whatever. <laughs> it's been a moment for myself to reflect and why I think it's taken us so long to get to this 99, even the 99 and a half episode. Um, personally, and just to get a little deep right off the bat, it's kind of scary. You know, like Mm -hmm. a hundred episodes is, is as monumental as, you know, you know, being on air on a TV show for 20 seasons and having like a season finale. Not to say that this is the end of the NCR show, uh, but just know that anytime we do a new season, anytime we reach a monumental moment, there's always a reason for change. And Mm -hmm. when I say change, it's usually for the better for us, Yeah. whether it's the sound of the audio and all this other stuff. But, um, I know that there are a lot of people since the last time we've recorded that are fairly new listeners. So let me just provide you guys with a a quick disclaimer about how we run things. We're kind of like your spark notes, dummies guide to the world of streetwear and fashion. I'd say, Mm -hmm. I'd say we uh, do not take what we say as law, (laughs) (laughs) Um, but we like to take our, you know, tabloid articles, things that we see in the news, things that are newsworthy. And we like to give you our two cents on it. Things from our favorite blogs, honest opinions. Exactly. Our opinions may upset you. um, And that's okay. And that's okay. Please DM us and please provide us your opposite opinion. But I think it's our space. I'm not even going to say safe space because it is not a safe (laughs) space, but it is our space for us to essentially talk about the shit that we love in a very, very candid, open conversation. Mm -hmm. So before we get into our main topics of the day, we want to introduce to you guys, actually, yeah, let's introduce them to our new segment. It's the NCR News Update. This is an NCR News Update. Fashion Week in New York City is not where you'd expect to find commentary on school shootings, but a streetwear brand called Beastroy is facing backlash this afternoon after debuting its latest clothing collection that some are calling disgusting and tasteless. Sweatshirts are embroidered with the names of several school shooting locations, including Sandy Hook, Columbine, Virginia Tech, and Marjorie Stillman Douglas. They're distressed with what looks like bullet holes. While the controversial hoodies were initially created just for the fashion show and not intended to be sold, Owen said the brand is considering selling them now. 
The designer explained the inspiration behind the hoodies, saying sometimes life can be painfully ironic, like the irony of dying violently in a place you consider to be a safe, controlled environment like school. All right, so let's talk about this brand, Bistroy. It sounds like Bistro, like a food fucking restaurant, like a bodega or something. But they decided to go the route of being, what do you even call it? Like risque. I think it's beyond risque at this point. Outlandish. Outlandish. Um, ignorant as fuck yes, is what, what I can say. Let's call is. it ignorant as fuck. But they decide to release a collection of sweatshirts based around recent and also very historic and past infamous, let's use that word, mm-hmm. school shooting. So <laughs> we all know like the, the college hooded sweatshirt look. And instead of things saying like your standard colleges, you see things that say Columbine, Virginia Tech, Sandy Hook, things that are, yeah. and we know it to be like, in Street, when we covered this in a recent episode where we talked about the most like risky, like outlandish, somewhat racist uh, things that have ever been released as t-shirt graphics and collections. Mm-hmm. But I think for the sake of what Bistro is doing here, it's just f- literally stupid. Like what the fuck, man? It literally makes no sense other than to outrage. And I yeah. think before we get into the specifics, I think outrage is the point. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. you, you would be so surprised on how brands nowadays focus on triggering people for the sake of followers and likes and in this case trying to sell a product Mm -hmm. how do we how do you feel first and foremost about this just like right off top right when you see something like this what what sort of emotions does it bring up it just brings up a lot of frustration because like no matter how many like how much time has passed this is never going to be okay like it's just always going to be a taboo topic why would you want to bring up those bad memories for people who actually lived through those experiences? I don't understand, like, why. Like, I get it, like, capitalism is a big thing, but this is just something that you really shouldn't touch in any industry. So it's just really annoying to kind of see people in 2019 still not being very sensitive towards other people's emotions and feelings. Um, I get it, like, any publicity is, like, good publicity, but at the same time, it's like okay, you want to get a reaction, but for what reason? Yeah, like, you can commodify anything. Like, why are you going to commodify a tragedy? You know what I mean? Like, there's there's literally no... And, and I get it. Like, the reason we're talking about it is the reason that they're doing it. Because yeah. they want people to to, to latch on to this, this outrageous release and, and, and talk about it, provide their two cents, keep on saying the brand's name. You know what? From this point forward, we're just going to bleep out the brand... <laughs> following so when i say bistroy 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 <laughs> you're not gonna know who it's i'm talking all, about it's now, all just now. Uh, exactly um but yeah i think like obviously aesthetically it it's grungy there's like bullet hole marks which is it goes so far beyond oh what this could have been like just sell the fucking blank hoodie with no name on it and just just say there's holes in it. Like you would have sold just as many. Do you think it's going to make a difference in terms of their sales and how they, I guess, um, illustrate this as being like, Oh, the school shooting collection. You think it's going to make a difference in sales? No, it's like, why? Just, I don't have any more. You know what's crazy about it is that there are people that are very like-minded and thinking and how this brand destroy, like how they think. 
So there's a lot of people we both know. I don't know their. I'm not going to say their names specifically, but we know people that are that are purposely try to cause outrage. Yeah. Whether it's how they dress and the shirts that they wear, um, in in every way. So there are people that will latch onto this and buy it for the sake of just making people mad. Yeah. And triggering people is like sometimes it's some people's favorite pastime like they love triggering people for the sake of like oh yeah like if it gets a rise out of you I'm definitely gonna do it you know what I mean an ego thing for sure so when we see something like this it's just like it's really gross I'm not gonna lie like it doesn't even look aesthetically nice like they could have done a way better job in like making some fucking (laughs) horrific uh sweatshirts like and they actually even had like a fashion show to match it like oh my gosh bro. okay like what else have they made though are they only known for this is this their first i don't release? care to look up this brand like <laughs> i don't know what else they've made but for the most part they probably did exactly what they intended on doing which was to make headlines yeah and and this is the thing about shit like this is we've seen I wouldn't say we've seen worse, but we've seen things that have been just as bad. And I think if you're going to do something like this, do it well. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, in my honest opinion, if you're going to make some fuck shit, then make it well. Make it to the point where people would actually buy that. You know what I mean? If, and let me play devil's advocate here. Mm -hmm. If this money was going towards these organizations that are against, you know, gun rights and things of that nature um maybe going towards some of the survivors from these particular shootings would that make it a bit more justified to some people yes to me no why what do you mean why why wouldn't it make it justified because like they can say that they're doing that but is their intention really positive Mm. You know, like you can't tell off the bat. I mean, there's just, there's a lot of people. We talked about it with the whole like fuck ice thing. Yeah. You know, it's like, what is your intention of making this merch? Are you actually going to help the people who are suffering or are you doing it to capitalize just to say like, hey, like we're doing this thing, like feel good about us and support us. But in the end, like you're just using it to like buy a new car or something, you know? Yeah, I can see that. And I think like it's all about intention at the end of the day, which, which definitely in their case is pretty shitty mm. but um maybe if they remove the bullet holes and they donate some money to some of these organizations people would be a little bit more inclined to buy them personally i wouldn't because i don't want eyes like that on no. me it's just so awkward to be in the spotlight like when people see it they know exactly what that is names yeah. like columbine virginia tech sandy hook they are ingrained into our minds for to, to know what tragedy to know what like horrors come from that um you ever watch that thing? Uh, I think it was on World Star, and it's probably on YouTube still too. It was like, it was like the Sandy Hook conspiracy theory. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> all this shit is so crazy. Government plan, like all this stuff is wild. But I'll take it for what it is and just say like this brand is ass, Trash. and uh, the verdict on this is yeah, they suck. Yeah. <laughs> all right, on to the next one. <laughs> 
Gucci Mane plans to be visible this year, just a day removed after announcing his 15th studio album in Woptober 2, the fashionable rap star has revealed that the presented cover art stems from the Gucci Cruise campaign. Proud to announce my Gucci Cruise 20 collection with Gucci, LaFleur exclaimed on Instagram. Yo, at Alexandro Michelle, this collection is crazy. Hashtag Harmony Corinne, dope visuals. Hashtag Come As You Are, SVP campaign for the Gucci Cruise 20 collection. It's Gucci. Essentially, Gucci, Gucci Mane, let me just lay that out there correctly. Gucci Mane gets an actual collaboration with the Gucci brand. <laughs> uh-huh. How ironic and how awesome is that? Yeah, it's been a long time coming for that <laughs> <It's> one. <laughs> you would be surprised on how much money, like how much money Gucci Mane himself probably made for Gucci the brand. Now we've seen this sort of like, sort of spiral into existence from seeing like, okay, first off it starts with uh, the whole Dapper Dan thing, right? So Gucci takes a lot of Dapper Dan stuff and they manifest it into their newest collections. Then Gucci does the whole thing with the face mask and uh, the, the slight on racism, which was quite terrible and led to an entire essentially like boycott of the mm-hmm. brand. Yeah. And now you see someone like Gucci Mane become an ambassador of the brand. Mm-hmm. What do you think Gucci as a brand is going through? And when I say Gucci, I mean the actual Gucci <laughs> brand. What do you think they're going through in terms of highs and lows and like all this sort of, all this talk about their brand? What do you think they're experiencing? They're probably experiencing like just a low point in their sales and their supporters. Um, I feel like this is just a marketing ploy to get people like back on board with them being like open and accepting of people of color. But in the end, like, are they really advocating for that? I don't know. I think that's always a big question when you see ambassadors of any brand, especially brands that aren't owned and operated by people of color. And Mm -hmm. so in this case, you see this as this is amazing for Gucci, like, and I, Gucci Mane, sorry. This is amazing for Gucci Mane, right? Yeah. Like this is, exa- I'm sure like this is probably one of his bucket list items. And I'm yeah. sure all the money and all the things he's done in, 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 in his life, like this has probably been the best thing he's ever been able to accomplish. Mm-hmm. But when we look at it from a very, uh, a, 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 an eye of a critic, and I think even amongst social media, it's definitely a ploy. Like, like you said, their sales are probably down. This is a, Hey, look at this monumental thing that this rapper is going to be doing with us. How do you guys feel about us now? Like, that's literally what it is. Like, well, see, we're not so bad. And it just kind of sucks because it's like, everyone's back on the Gucci wave now because not only are they supporting Gucci Mane, but they're like, you know what? they're giving opportunities to the people that really deserve it. And I'm like, Gucci Mane does not deserve this. <laughs> like he's done nothing but name himself Gucci, Gucci Mane and obviously bought, purchased a ton of Gucci, but they haven't, I'm sure that they haven't hired Gucci Mane as like head of fucking design or yeah. like things of that nature. Like is the majority of the collections profits going to people? Like there's all these fucking loopholes that they're probably taking in order to get to this point. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a little difficult, but I think for Gucci Mane, a huge win for Gucci. Yep, it's a huge go get loss. that bag, sir. Verdict, you guys suck. Yeah. <laughs> Gucci Mane, you're awesome, though. Um, okay, on to the next one. Gucci 
Reed stepped in to the rescue when a crasher stormed the runway at Chanel Spring Fashion Show in Paris. Fans captured videos of the incident and the crasher can literally be seen jumping onto the runway from the audience seating area. She actually began strutting down the catwalk with the real models during the show's finale and she wore a black and white tweed look to try to blend in. However, she didn't fool anyone, especially not Gigi Hadid. With no security guards to be found, Gigi took matters into her own hands and directed the intruder off the stage. All right, so we talked about outrage a little bit with the uh, the whole shooter, school shooting brand house, I mean, not shoot, house, uh, sweatshirts, sorry. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. But uh, just recently, too, we talk, we're talking about um, it being, it wasn't Fashion Week recently, I don't think. It's somewhat of like a quarterly thing mm -hmm. for a lot of places. But um, Chanel was doing their recent, uh, I think it was spring, summer 2020, fashion show and uh this this troll i'm not even gonna say her name i think it's uh she's a comedian how about that she's a comedian uh she decides to to troll the show and to get on stage and fake act like she's walking on stage and in the fashion show obviously if you've seen what she's look what she looks like she's not 6'2". She doesn't have the figure of a model, not to say that she's ugly or anything. Well, she might be compared to the rest of these girls. But Gigi Hadid, which is obviously the, one of the biggest names in the, uh, the modeling industry, decided to take it upon herself to kick her ass off the stage, which is, I think, insanely funny. Um, but I think these types of moments, like we said, outrage causes... Or, uh, uh, for the person that is that wants the outrage, it turns into followers. It turns into yeah, noise. Attention. It turns into attention, and that's something that is pretty consistent amongst um, amongst these trolls. But I, it's the first time I've ever seen anything like this, yeah. to be honest. Which is actually kind of funny because you think these events would be like highly secure and like the right people are actually invited. So it's like when you see this in particular happen with this lady, this influence. I'm going to call her influence. This comedian, it's like, why the fuck are you there? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, who invited you and for it's one? Like, why did you do that? Like, That's really well, fucked up. You got to think, attention? like, some of these fashion shows, and, I, and I, I go all the way back to Virgil's, like his first Louis Vuitton showcase. Like, imagine how much time and effort goes into this show. How much, for, for, for a person like Virgil, how much how much this means to you, right? Like, mm. with Chanel, sure, this is like, there are however many years they've been doing this. This is a little mishap. If anything, it gives them coverage and they get to see what the people are wearing and all these news outlets, right? But imagine if that happened at like Virgil's first Louis Vuitton show. Like, that's, it just, it's just fucked up. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, it, like, and then on on the video also she goes to say like oh Gigi like you're the you're still like one of the best models and you're like all this stuff like yeah. it's a little like that that moment when you're on Twitter right and you're on like your favorite celebrity or your favorite uh, influencers page and you just start talking shit right and then they respond back to you and you're like oh no I just was trying to get your attention yeah. like love like, your work bro I love you oh my god yeah like I didn't mean it like just love you like yeah I think like even when it comes down to your own personal comments, your own personal DMs, whatever, we definitely attract to the actual hate mm -hmm. aspect. Like we, people tell us all the time, like, yo, like love what you guys are doing. Like huge supporters, like you guys are killing it. That's my favorite one. You guys are killing <laughs> it. You guys are doing amazing work. We are. <laughs> but the one that sticks out the most is the one that goes, yo, like, 
they don't deserve that or there's some haters exactly like that type of stuff stands out we'll we'll have full conversations on that but we'll just tell each other when somebody says like yo somebody says they fuck with this i'm like all right cool yeah but then when somebody's saying like they don't fuck with us i'm like well what the fuck is wrong with them you know what i mean (laughs) like what is what what did we do to them you know um but I think that 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 sort of is consistent amongst a lot of people. But yeah, it's literally that troll aspect. Like me personally, I'm a troll. I love trolling people, especially when sometimes the shit is true. Like I just love trolling people. I have a very sarcastic um, demeanor and personality. So some people get it, some people don't. But also. I don't like people who don't understand sarcasm at the same time because it's like, what's wrong with you, bro? Like, can't take a joke. But I think for for when it's like an actual action item, like they're actually like, I'm going to take sarcasm to the next level. I'm going to take like this trivialness to the next level and I'm just going to plant myself in your showcase that you've been working so fucking hard for. It's like, all right, you got to go. Yeah. (laughs) You got to go. Like, I'm honestly surprised that the lady ended up being so cooperative with getting off the stage. Cause you think about, you know, when people run onto soccer fields, people run onto like <laughs> fucking basketball courts, like people get pummeled, yeah, hurt, <laughs> like destroyed. But I guess they don't do that in Chanel fashion shows. No, so that's not the way to um, go. Shout out to the comedian lady for taking the risk. That's cool. Thanks for being an idiot. And yeah, the verdict on that is thank you for being an idiot. Um, but let's get into the main topic for today. And I, I, I really want to talk about this as we sort of get to episode 100. And um, I guess one of the things I'll make you guys aware for episode 100 is we're going to we're going to ask everyone that's had an integral part in what we do and and have and hear their perspective on what this journey has meant to them a lot of our djs producers even people that have been to our events and things of that nature or just listen to the podcast that'd be a great thing to do is Mm -hmm. just talk to people that have listened to the podcast what do you feel when you guys listen to us if you hate it tell us (laughs) if you love it Tell us again. Um, But yeah, one of the things I want to talk about is this whole idea of branding. Mm -hmm. You know, like we've gone through different, different personas as No Chance. We were originally called the No Chance Podcast, which didn't, then turned into I just wanted to just be called No Chance and, and then turn it into well I think No Chance Radio sounds a little bit more up our alley as we deal with more of the the musical aspect mm-hmm. but one of the things that I wanted to uh, talk about in particular was this idea of branding as a person right mm-hmm. a lot of us want to be influencers but the, the aspect of being an influencer really coincides with having a brand a personal brand uh, for us specifically we're a brand, like no chance mm-hmm. is a brand, but there are also pieces of us that end up becoming a personal brand based off of what we do. So, I mean, how many, I mean, you've gotten it before, right? From people who are like, like I listen to the podcast and like, uh, like I love your guys' episodes and like, what is your reaction when you, when you think of like, whoa, they fuck with me and my brand? Like, what is your initial reaction to that type of shit? I'm still not used to it, you know? Like, of course we see it on social media saying, oh, like you guys are killing it. Like there people are sharing our flyers and saying, wow, like this is really dope stuff. But when people come up to you personally and be like, hey, I listened to last week's episode and it's really cool. Like, I really like you being on the podcast. Like I'm a fan. I'm just like, wow, like thank you. But also like, damn, like you really support us like that? Like yeah. to say you're a fan? I feel like there's definitely this moment where 
I try not to be egotistical because that's not why we started the podcast mm-hmm. was to become famous. We just wanted to have the conversation outside of our work. Yeah. <laughs> like it's literally where it comes from. But I think in moments like that, I really don't know what to say. I think it's yeah. thank you. Like it, it has to be thank you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like for anybody that's creating stuff for the sole purpose of creating stuff and people latch on to your shit, it's not only an reaffirmation that you're doing something that people like but it also means that essentially you chose the right path for what you're good at you know not everyone is good at everything and that's why sometimes I find the universe telling me like yo you should stop like (laughs) I get those moments when you like like for a moment I think I was trying to do like I brought a guitar to my apartment one time and I like would try to practice it. I remember taking guitar lessons and everything and the universe was just like, this is not for you. Right. (laughs) And then like a couple other things too. And I think those sort of red flags are important to when you're on this journey as a creative or a person that wants to have their own personal brand. It's like, what is the most true to self aspect of what you want to do? And I think, people tend to latch on to what is authentic. Yeah, of course. And I was always told that I have a great radio voice. I did not know that I was going to have a radio show, but Mm -hmm. I knew that I just liked talking. So it kind of went hand in hand with, with what we're doing. And there's, there's those sort of like messages in the world that people tell you you're, you're good at something or like, yo, like whatever that is, like keep doing that. I feel like that's the direction that you should be going, not because of somebody else is telling you, but because the universe is telling you like, hey, like you got positive affirmation here, negative mm-hmm. affirmation here. Uh, you got paid for this. You didn't get paid for this. So maybe lean more towards whatever this positive aspect is, is or where this positive thing is going. Um, but sort of going back to branding, um, the whole influencer thing is 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 tricky because in this day and age right now, like I feel like you can sell something cool. Mm -hmm. Like it has to be a really good product to be able to sell something without people knowing who the person is behind the brand, in my honest opinion. Right. Unless you're just sort of like grandfathered into this system and like you can just sell whatever. And you're just like a, you're, you're born into a family of wealth and born into a name. But I think for a lot of people, they have to establish, an actual brand or, or who they are and what they're about before they can actually sell something. Because the first time that we tried to sell something at our first party, it was like impossible mm-hmm. because nobody knew who we were, or what we were trying to do. But I think as time went on, I, I mean, me personally, that really damaged my ego to be like, all right, we're not touching merchandise. We're not touching product. But I think when it got into this, this point of like, you start to hear the support people like, Oh, we listen to the podcast. Oh, we like the events are fun. Like, Oh, you guys are doing a really good job. You guys are, you know, making waves. Mm-hmm. And I was like, okay, people are, aren't just latching onto us individually. They're latching onto the brand. Mm-hmm. And I think at that point, that's when you can feel comfortable in trying to push something or sell something, um, for yourself. Right. What does it mean to have like a brand, you know? Um, I think it's just like, a safe outlet to just express who you are. Like what you said earlier, authenticity, but I also think intention is important too, just to make sure like you yourself and the people that 
you touch like your intention is true and you they can see it like I don't even know what my brand is honestly but people tend to like my personality so that's cool (laughs) and I think I think those two kind of coincide with each other you know what I mean like I've been listening to the Ben Baller podcast, Mm -hmm. right? Ben Baller, if you guys don't know who he is, he's a super Los Angeles legend. He, Ben Baller did the chain. He (laughs) literally does jewelry for the biggest people in the industry. But one of the things he says in the beginning of his podcast is, my name is Ben Baller, not Ben Humble. And what's funny is that he's known to be an asshole right? Mm -hmm. He's known to be super real, super honest. And that is his brand aside from like his actual brands that he's very lucrative, but that's his brand. People know him to be himself. And, um, I think personality does play a role into what your brand is because essentially what you like and what your demeanor is and, and what you're about alludes your, the energy of, of who you are, which essentially is your personality. Um, but I think for the most case, and we're dealing with this a lot with, with our DJs and it's a, it's a, it's a, another reflection point for myself as we get to episode hundred is that in managing them and like kind of fitting them into this industry, you tend to think like, okay, like everyone's good at music nowadays. Everyone has their personal, um, preferences and styles and what type of music they like playing with. But I think the ones that tend to become a little bit successful, a little bit faster, have their own brand. Mm-hmm. You think so? Yeah. And and everyone's like really, they're really popping on Twitter. They're really good at Instagram. Do you think that's necessary to become, you know, that person? You have to like be active on like a thing like social media? Uh, it plays a part, but I think the biggest thing is just having that solid foundation around you. So having like a good manager, a good team, just good people who are supporting you and spreading the word for you as well. Like again, like it's not fake. Like everything that you're showing is very genuine to the public. And I think that's when people tend to really appreciate artists and DJs when they do that. So yeah. Twitter, like everyone can be themselves like if if you're fake like who wants to support that like don't say one thing and then like act a different way in person you know and I think for us like when people do meet us they are meeting us like it's we don't just say like hey hit us up like we actually do respond like we engage in conversation with people all the time yeah you know like they ask us about like who we are and like why we started this we'll tell you like we will talk to you guys and you know some artists like they'll just brush their fans off and I think for us like even our DJs like if you say hi to us like at the booth like we'll say hi back and that's why people like just like it you know we're very positive and that's just how you gain followers yeah and but this is the thing that sucks sometimes is like in, in being a, an extreme realist about this situation is that famous people don't always have the opportunity or the energy to say hi to everyone. You know what I mean? They don't yeah. have the capability of sometimes of, to respond to 10,000 direct messages of, Hey, I love your work. Like repost this type of stuff, you know? And I, and I, and when I think about that, I'm like, okay, if we build a foundation of being nice and, and things of that nature, um, then I feel like that type of energy will always stick with us and it'll kind of be understood in the future that it's like, even if they're like, there's somebody now or they're with this group or with these people that that energy will always 
you know, be a part of us and people won't have the wrong idea when they're like, oh, they're not saying hi anymore. They're not mm, responding to okay, us anymore. Yeah. Like what the fuck is wrong with them? Um, but I think just in general, trying to understand how to maneuver in any industry is difficult. And I know for a lot of people, whether it is the clothing industry, whether it is the the music industry or shit, I don't know, like the uh, food industry, I don't know, <laughs> any industry, it's always difficult when you're sort of just putting your foot in for the first time, you know, like for us, it was, we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. We still don't know what the fuck we're doing, but we've been able to latch on to a lot of really important, what do you call them? Not role models, but, uh, people that you sort of like latch onto like a, like a, like a, like we're the Padawan and they're the Jedi. You know what I mean? What do you, what do you call them? Like mentors? Mentors. There it is. Like, I think that's the most important part about, uh, joining in any industry is learning from mentors, finding someone, even it's, if it's someone that's not doing it to the say like expertise of, of what you want to do. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like, Oh, I want to be a rapper. I'm going to reach out to, to Kanye West like right now. And I want all of his advice. Right. You reach out to the people that are local to you, the people that have broken into the industry that have made some sort of dent in whatever it is that you're trying to do. And I think that's been the biggest thing for us because you start to see people as obviously as their brand first, when it comes to being in any sort of industry, you see like, Oh, that's Bobby hundreds of the hundreds. That's, um, um, I don't know, Ronnie Feig, that that's Kith. Right. Mm-hmm. But essentially like when you really think about it, their own personal brands sort of are essentially separate from the, the brands that they own. And there's a lot to learn from that, you know, like eventually that you stop calling Bobby hundreds, Bobby hundreds and you call him Bobby Kim because he's an actual person Yeah. and we're all sort of separate from our brands. But that's, I think that's one of the biggest things I've noticed when it comes to creating a brand for yourself is obviously the authenticity piece is huge, but it's also finding a way to market yourself not in the sense of like selling things, mm-hmm. but finding a way, finding something that people will latch onto. Um, what do you think that that's been for us as of lately? Like, what do you think like the most, the, the, the piece that makes people feel like they're, it's all inclusive, you know, not like everything's free, but like all inclusive as in like, I feel like I can, I can attach myself to that. I feel like there's, I, I, I feel like I'm a part of that. I think just the aspect of us bringing community together, we bridge different um, industries, you know, streetwear and like music. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like you would think they go hand in hand, but I feel like at our events, like you just see it a lot more common than most. You know, like I think at Seventh West, like when we had our last event, I had people say, oh, yeah, like I came to this event because I listened to the podcast. That's insane. You know, it's not just because like they've been to Minna or they've been to Bar Fluxus. Like they listened to the podcast, so they went to our event. Like we're kind of in two different worlds, but we're navigating it as one whole. And because we are bridging that gap, people like that part of it. That's insane. I still don't, I, I don't believe it. I'm a very big critic on us as a group. Yeah. I think I'm probably the, the first person to, to, well, I'm probably not the first person to say that about myself. <laughs> Others have probably said that about myself, but I think in starting something starting anything and seeing it manifest into something, 
not essentially the way that you thought it was going to turn out to be, but still on par with being um, exactly what you wanted. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Yeah. You treat it like a baby. You know what I mean? So you've, you're very nurturing. You're very defensive. You're very like, no, like, I don't want anybody to control what it is that I'm doing. But I think for me, it all comes down to like why you're doing it. Mm -hmm. So if the most important aspect of why we're doing this, and and I've said this multiple times, the only thing that I've ever wanted to do is in some way, shape or form, make money traveling with my friends. (laughs) And in however way that we're able to do that, whether we become some fucking traveling circus group or something, that's, that is my goal. Yeah. And so music just happens to be <laughs> the one way that we, we, we make that happen. But, um, but I want to talk about hustling for a second, because I think this kind of relates to both streetwear and the music industry. But do you think it's important to kind of always have that mindset that it's like, what's next? How can I make things better? How can I how can I get it? Is that an important mindset to have in, in, in either of these industries? Yeah, I think so. I think both industries are very liquid. So you never know what could happen tomorrow. Like we can tank tomorrow, who knows? And you just need to be prepared and be on your toes at every moment, just to expect the worst or the best. Um, so yeah, like just hustling is kind of what drives people it gives you a reason to achieve your goals and i think we do have a really good hustler mindset as a group collective yeah and it works yeah i think i i think the idea of and and i and i know i'll receive some backlash on this but the idea of not stopping you know what i mean i have this whole thing of and and i've li- i love interviews right so i'll listen to everything from gary v to the fucking like the all the entrepreneurs the mark cubans like fucking everyone in shark tank mm-hmm. you just hear about what is the mindset that got them to this point because it's it's this freakish nature to become a billionaire right like if you're born into it fuck you but for the people that have made it from nothing to something mm-hmm. and have gone on to give that information out to others it's like how like (laughs) what what are you doing to become this person and this hustling mindset is within everybody right but it's it's very very particular with 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 the big people and one of the things i realized and sort of uh, across the board is like like yeah like i i get that people get burnt out and that there's the the exhaustion and then, then it becomes not fun and the the passion burns out but I think before you take any breaks, you got to make something, <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Like you have to put in enough work to say like, I can put it on autopilot for a second and I can take a break. Mm-hmm. I often, I often don't fuck with breaks. Like, and that's just my personal opinion. Like I love everyone that decides to take, you know, their personal hiatus from whatever thing. I know we took a break from the podcast, but that doesn't mean we're not working in other areas of of what we do, but I really don't fuck with breaks. I love exhausting myself to the point of completion of whatever it is that I have to get done Mm -hmm. almost to the point of whatever I get done and past that to create this new idea that I would have never come across if I didn't get to this point of like, literally, I wouldn't say it's to the point of beating yourself to, to death and like, not eating and not sleeping. I'm not saying that, but to the point where you're not giving up the single moment where you, you tell yourself, 
huh, I'm kind of tired or I'm kind of bored. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Maybe I'll go play video games or I'll go have a drink or something. I don't believe in that. And I think that's what gotten a lot of people far is that sometimes people will just sit at their computer, sit at their, uh, their guitar, violin, whatever, and just do it until something comes from it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's goes across the board with a lot of successful people is that they just didn't give up. Why do you think rappers spend so much time in the damn studio? Like, and they don't care about anything else. They it's time passes you, but you're doing something that you have full faith in that it can essentially manifest itself into something great for you. You like taking breaks. Are you that type of person? Um, no, but I tend to be in creative slumps more often than most people let's talk about that how do you how do you think you get into that phase of like nothing's really working for me right now um i think i'm like you where i'm my biggest critic and i just overanalyze everything like i'll make one mistake and be like well there goes that you Mm. know or like i'll have an idea and i'll think realistically like is this tangible can i actually make like a one year plan from this and then i'll overthink and then it's just kind of like a clusterfuck of thoughts and i just kind of stop and i'll pick it up maybe like a month after and it's like it's not going anywhere so let me just scratch it and that's kind of what i do with a lot of things like i have a lot of ideas but i just can't pull through mm. aside from like the podcast and what we do like everything else in my life I just, I can't continue. Like, I don't know what it is, but I don't think I have like, like a big personal drive, like compared to you and like how you feel about projects and putting things out. And, uh, it's just, that's kind of just how I am. What right do you now. think that is? Not to say that it's a bad thing because it, it to get whatever your finish line is, whatever your goal is for anybody that's listening, that doesn't mean that you have to well, it doesn't mean you have to work. It doesn't. Okay, here, how about this? It means you have to work hard, but it doesn't mean you have to work harder than the next person. Yeah. So self-comparison is a big issue within not only social media, but within our day-to-day lives, right? We want to be better than the person that's doing what we want to do. We see someone doing some completely different thing, but we see that what that has turned into or come to fruition for them. So we feel the need to, okay, whatever it is that I'm interested in, I got to go full force and figure it out. But some people, maybe it doesn't come as naturally for them, Mm -hmm. but that doesn't mean that they're doing it wrong. It just means that they have to approach it in a different way. So for yourself, when you, I mean, is, is not only are you your own critic, but does outside people tend to influence you and how you move when it comes to like your creative endeavors? And you feel like these, obviously these people have been doing it for forever. So you feel like you're still at the starting line, but does that is that something that holds you back when you're doing shit? Yeah, it's a big hindrance for me, you know, just comparing myself when I see people who are either younger or haven't been in the industry as long enough as I have. And it's like, well, damn, they have a career now. Like, how come I can't get to that point? And like, I know I can change that mindset, um, but sometimes I feel like I'm in quicksand when it comes to that. Mm, yeah. yeah, it's like your, uh, essentially your thoughts and ideas tend to like, suffocate you and then you end up not doing anything. Yeah. I get that a lot too. And I think that's what causes, I don't think that's what causes my, my burnout. Oftentimes I think I literally just burn out. <laughs> like yeah, you do. I, I, I like to push myself to, to that point because 
I'm not saying it's so I can take a break, but it's it's so I can come to the realization that it's like, okay, you've maxed out of this particular idea. Think of it differently. And um, when it comes to, to, to what you just said in particular, I think that has been an issue with me as of lately, as you tend to meet people that are in your field. So once you start to get good at something, you meet other people that are good at it. And what tends to happen is you tend to uh, compare your shit to their shit. Why aren't you getting this gig compared to them getting this gig? What did you do wrong that they did right? And uh, what I started to realize is it's like, you don't need to create enemies out of these people. You create allies. You mm-hmm. create people that you partner on stuff with. You create people that you you bounce ideas off of, you know? Like, no idea is, is the same as anybody else's, right? Like, I'm sure there's somebody who thought smartphones would be cool, a touchscreen would be cool, but not in the same way that a Steve Jobs did, right? Mm-hmm. Like, not to the T of the idea of, of what that item can be. So, and that's what where we sort of loop it back to having those mentors, right? Mm-hmm. Because more often than not, and I and I say this a lot because I used to skateboard, uh, I still do skate, but the biggest thing on how to get better in skateboarding is to hang out with people who skate better than you, right? Like that's the only way to get better. People learning to DJ, hang out with DJs that are really good, right? If, when it comes to making clothing, hang out with people who are making better clothing than you. Like you see, you, you, you could only get as good as I, I'm assuming that the, the resources that are around you, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like yeah. I know people obviously that, you know, can create great stuff on their own and, and everything, but there's something about the people that y- I wouldn't say use other people, but utilize the energy of other people that gets them farther than anyone else. Yeah. And I think that that is a very important aspect as a creator is to utilize those that are doing things better than you because it'll take you way farther than you yourself can sometimes take you. Um, and that's not to say not to trust yourself or to rely on other people, but sometimes you can't do it alone. <laughs> and I think that it, mm-hmm. being in a group with, with uh, how many of us, seven yeah, with the seven. seven of us so far, like being able to collaborate has been the, one of the best things that I've ever been able to participate because at first it was really just myself mm-hmm. and um now that it's such an open form of conversation it makes things like a hundred times easier but it also makes you want to hustle harder because sometimes that comp- competitive nature that i want to be just like you is good not to say that it's always bad i guess it's how you compare yourself mm-hmm. right like oh i'm not doing anything why should i even start but instead of switching it and turning it in turning uh that that sort of like jealousy into fuel to push you further propel you farther uh sometimes that helps and and i think that that's what can help you guys when it comes to whatever creative endeavor you guys are focusing on if you if you doubt yourself cool like that's normal like continue continue to be your worst critic continue to doubt your work but that doesn't mean stop making it that doesn't mean stop putting it out if you doubt it doesn't mean that's yeah, don't put a halt on it immediately, you know what I mean? But I think that the, the hustling mindset always has to essentially be top of mind and, and saying, what's the next thing I can do? What's the next thing I could put out? What's the next way to prove myself wrong or prove my doubts wrong, uh, essentially? But, you know, this 
leading up to a hundred episodes, it's, we've been the biggest critics of every episode. Mm-hmm. I, I, I mean, personally I have to listen back to every single one of them. <laughs> so when I'm just like, Oh, why did I say that? Or why do I sound like that? Or, you know, I should have said this, like there's always going to be an opportunity to go one more round or to, to say it one more time. And it's a learning process, right? I mean, from, from what episode did you come on? Do you remember? I think mid sixties, mid sixties. What have you learned from mid sixties up until this point in terms of everything podcast related? Don't say not much. (laughs) I, I think I've learned to build a personality around it. You know, at first it was awkward. I mean, it's still awkward talking to a mic and staring at your face. <laughs> but Damn, what's that supposed to mean? <laughs> nothing. But I do think this this process, like, it did bring us closer. So it helped. Like, it, it helped the comfortability level. Like, I was never a people person to talk in front of anyone. So it definitely made me, like be uncomfortable. And it, that also helped me in like everything else that I did. You know, I had, I made a website, you know, I made a website for myself. I'm trying to write, I'm exploring different career paths. Like I didn't think we'd be in music and now it's just like, do I want to work in music? Like, yeah, it's just so many things, like so many doors being on this podcast opened for me and for us. Like, it's just crazy. Like there's only like, we've only done the minimum and yeah yeah Yeah, no I agree with you I think um one of the things that this podcast has given me also is a a bit of self-confidence and a bit a bit of self-awareness you know like being able to I mean we're going running on almost like close to an hour but to be able to not only just talk for an hour but to talk with with substance I mean in my opinion substance <laughs> but the talk with substance for an hour is a very very difficult thing to do I had a critic one time very early on um tell me like um like oh I listen to your podcast um but you sound really fake and full of yourself and I had to think like do I sound fake but then I had to think like well you know in wanting to create a podcast, you have to know how to produce a podcast, right? I mean, you can get on a mic and just talk shit with your friends, but the normal consumer, normal listener doesn't want to listen to that shit. You know what I mean? Like we're almost programmed in our heads to follow some sort of structure when it comes to reading, writing, things of that nature, even in a journal, like I'm sure you write in paragraphs in your journal. You provide some sort of sentence structure in your journal. You're not just writing a thousand words in a row that make no sense, Mm -hmm. right? Even with like TV, scheduled programming, like things that are organized, TV show, commercial, TV show, like that, right? So I thought about it. I was like, am I acting fake? Do I sound sound like I'm like not myself? And I was like, well, I'm just understanding how podcast is produced, right? It's about providing content. It's about providing an opinion, maybe in an overly extensive way than how we would normally have in conversations, but sometimes more than when we would have normal conversations. So Mm -hmm. I thought like, no, I'm not being fake. I'm not being full of myself. I'm playing the role of a podcaster, which is in two things to educate in well, educate and inform and also to entertain. Like that's what we do this for, right? Like you'd be really surprised to think that one of the aspects of this podcast is to entertain our listeners, but you'd be so surprised to hear the type of shit that we get back about 
can't believe you guys said this or like that shit was so funny. Like all those moments are from us knowing that we have two jobs. We're going to inform you about the shit that's happening in, in this industry, in this world. And we're going to entertain the fuck out of you when it comes to this stuff. So it's weird when people say that, oh, I like listening to your podcast. Um, and then when they hear my voice, it's like, like you sound exactly how you sound on the podcast. I'm like, I would hope so. Like, yeah. it's not like I'm like trying to change it for any reason. Imagine if, if we were really trying to be fake and full of ourselves on a podcast, we, we talk in radio voices <laughs> like this and have very like <laughs> fake conversations, yeah. but, um, it wouldn't be us then. It wouldn't be us. Exactly. And I think that's one of the great things about, um, getting to a hundred episodes, doing what we're doing now is that it's us. Um, I know this episode Unlike other episodes, we don't really talk about ourselves a lot, but I think leading up to 100, it is a huge reflection point because you got to think 100 episodes for a standard TV series is like whatever, right? 100 episodes, 100 episodes. But we're talking like 100 weeks, right? How many weeks in a year? 52? I think 52. We're almost on like two years worth of just talking. Like mm-hmm. we didn't the general rule of thumb is like, you don't start a podcast unless you have an actual following or else you're just talking to yourselves, <laughs> which is what we did for a majority of, of, of the time. But when you, when you start to develop a, a, a following, it's so genuine and it feels so nice. And we, when we have people uh, like Eli from strangers just come up here and want to be a part of it, like shout out to Eli. Like those are very, very heartwarming moments to think like two people just talking to each other about streetwear and the happenings in this culture can turn into an actual community. Like Mm -hmm. I don't care if it's 500 people, if it's 50 people, if it's a, a million people, if it's genuine and it's like a real connection to those fans or those listeners, I hate saying fans, mm-hmm. but, um, supporters, supporters that I fuck with it. And, um, to get to 99 and a half, not net a hundred, a hundred is going to be different, but to get to 99 and a half, I think is a very monumental moment. And I think we both got to give ourselves a round of applause because it's not easy, but we still have a long way to go. Um, and I think that's where I'm going to end it. Yes. So before, the whole sign off music and everything goes. We just want to say thank you for getting us to this point. Thank you for supporting us. Thank you for coming to our events. Um, damn 99 and a half. Please go follow us at no chance radio on all social platforms. If you want to stay up to date with everything that we're doing, go to nochanceradio.com. And on that note, we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Bye.